Today I want to talk about giants because we're going to talk about the seventh installment, which is about our workplace, about our ministry, our life. Um, what are we called to do? And I learned years ago, God did not call us to imitate anybody. We are very unique. There's a gifting and an anointing upon us that's different. Even Pastor Ephraim shared his anointing is more evangelistic and prophetic. And he's, he's, uh, he's an encourager, great encourager. Uh, but he flows many times. Uh, I remember this where he flows with a gift of faith many times. Where he'll believe for literally impossible things. And yet God will bring it forward. And he would help to spearhead in, in our church some crazy things that we thought crazy at the time, but yet we were able to do it. And we were small. We didn't have a big budget. I remember one time we closed between 117th Street and 118th Street between 5th Avenue and Madison. Major block, huge, but it was empty at that moment. We were able to get it from the city. He believed it. He believed that we would close off 116th Street, which you couldn't do because buses passed by, so you couldn't close that. And when we asked the city, they said no. But he trusted God in that. And, and we, we got together. We stood with him. And, you know, it took six months. But God gave us a breakthrough. They literally changed the bus route for us so we could have a city block revival. They gave us the permission to close that entire city block. We had one week worth of revival. We lived on the property for an entire week. So... Nothing's really impossible. It's just, you know, the different anointings in the church will help to, to interface with the different areas. If your anointing is in, uh, in school, you know, God can use you mightily in the schools. If it's for government, God can raise you up as, as an amazing elected official, whatever it may be. If it's in medicine, maybe you have the, the answer to the next uh, illness. You, maybe you have the combination. Um, so you have to allow your anointing to flow. But it's unique. So part of uh, God's word um, and the, the, the effect of God's word will also be upon your calling as an individual, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in ministry, whether it be to family. Some of you moms, uh, you know, spend most of your time with your children. There's a mighty anointing there. You know, I, I heard even historically, as I read many of the stories of the men of, of God of, in the days of old, these were men that were raised by mothers who prayed them into the kingdom. And later on, they, they went on to do great and mighty things for God. But we all have similar giants in our life. And the giants that we have might, be, might not be physical giants. You know the, the life of um, Goliath. Uh, many of you have heard it. The story of Goliath, how he went on to challenge uh, Israel during a very key season in a very strategic area. And what happened was this man, he literally went on the field for 40 days and he challenged Israel. And when they saw the giant, they were afraid. Uh, the Bible says they were in such fear that they could not move. That's, that's how afraid they were. And what many don't realize is that the word of God infers that even though this giant looked big and bad, but he had some issues. He had problems. Number one, he had an eyesight problem because uh, David only had one stick on him and he saw many sticks. And this man couldn't move quickly. Number three, he, had, he needed somebody to come and help him to get into his post. He had a helper to help him. So it, it inferred that he wasn't all that well. It was just an image that the enemy was portraying to make it seem bigger and badder. You see, he, he couldn't move quickly. So David could have run circles around him, kick him in the leg, kick him in the back. And, well, he's going like that. And David could have took him down. 
but he did not, he, he did not understand these things. It seems like he had a, a, an illness called gigantism. You know, when, when you're too, no, it's, a, it's actually real illness. When you, are too, when you grow too tall, sometimes uh, you, you have uh, tumors in the brain and sometimes uh, you get very ill. You, you're, you have illness uh, with your eyes. You can't see straight or you see two or three things. And he couldn't move quickly. And also, he couldn't remember things very quickly, or he couldn't catch things very quickly because he couldn't see uh, David from afar it was as he was coming in. Uh, so uh, I'm saying that to say that your problem might not be as big as bad as you think. I'm going to say it again. Your problem might not be as big and as bad as you think. Many times, the image of a thing looks darker and and more horrible and scarier than what it really is. And most of yeah, it's perception many times. So we need to understand our God is more awesome, more bigger, more powerful than any problem the enemy launches your way. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So we'll all be challenged uh, by giants, but remember, God gave you an ability to see things that are not as though they were. This is a God-given ability. But what you see, others will not see. What you seem to believe for, others will say you're crazy. So that's why it's important that we not get our final, uh, how can I say, our final affirmation from people. We have to get it from Almighty God and His Word. So if God's calling you to do something in business, in industry, in ministry, yes, you, you get the necessary mentorship you need, but never let people talk you down. Because it's easy for people to talk you down. And in the life of David, uh, just before he went to see the Goliath, right, he had some personal issues that he had to deal with. The first and foremost issue was the fact that his father didn't even believe in him, right? Because when he was coming up, he was the runt of the litter, so to speak. So he's the one that they were always sent uh, to the back part, uh, you know, the garden where the sheep were. So many times uh, he was not involved in decision-making process. He was not involved with the other brothers because the other brothers were the warriors, right? And one day a prophet shows up and the prophet uh, goes uh, to the father and he says, listen, uh, one of your sons are going to be the next king. God told me to come here and anoint a king. So let me see your sons. The father did not even bother to bring... David as part of the sons. That's how little he thought about him in terms of his capacity. So you need to understand, people don't understand what your capacity is. Say to your neighbor, people don't understand your capacity. See, so if somebody doesn't believe in what I'm doing, if somebody doesn't even believe in me, I don't care. I don't care because they don't understand my capacity anyway. I don't care because they didn't create me. I don't care because if God said it, that's it, I believe it. I don't have to worry about whether you believe it with me or not. I'm going to make sure I do it because if God said it, I can do it. God and me are a majority. Praise God. So today I want to talk about that because we all have a passion. We all have desires. But many times by the time we're teenagers, those passions have been stifled. They've been stifled by family, circumstances, situations, maybe a school. And today especially, our kids... Man, by the time they get to school age and they're up there, they're, they're hearing so many different philosophies, they don't know what to believe. But we have to understand we'll all go through this, but, say, but God. But God. 
God is able to raise you up in the midst of the masses, in the midst of issues, in the midst of problems and circumstances. Even here in the year 2016, God is raising up champions. He's raising up people that are believing God for the seemingly impossible. It's not really impossible. It's just we need somebody to believe it. Hallelujah. So in First Samuel chapter 17, it says, uh, verse 1, Now the Philistines had gathered their forces for war, and they occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. That's it. As soon as we get ready for war, uh, uh, someone seemingly like a giant or something will come up against you. It'll happen to each and every one of us. It'll happen each and every time we, en- we endeavor to do something great for God. Amen. Guaranteed. I thought God loved me. Yeah, he loves you. There's another thing. He trusts you. I remember when I, I told you, it's very important that you understand that when God created man, he says, you're in charge here on earth. So when God's going to move on earth, he'll always move with and through man. He made man to be manager here, to be steward here on earth. So that's how come God won't just do stuff on earth. He'll raise up a man. He'll work and partner through man. The Holy Spirit will, will, will fill someone with dream and vision and passion. And they will go to that region and build that church or build that ministry or, or build that business that will help community. Amen. Raise up that man or woman uh, and raise them up in, uh, to public service or whatever it may be. God will always work with and through man. And the enemy knows that. So he will challenge you and try to stop you in your Genesis. Talk about Genesis. He'll stop you even in the beginning. He'll try to bring chaos so that you'll never effectuate that which God is calling you to do. So uh, there are some, several lessons that we want to learn from David facing the Goliath. And the first thing that we need to understand, he'll always come to you with something called delay. Say to your neighbor, delay. delay. Now, that is normal. There is always a time between the moment God calls you and the time you see ministry. I remember years ago, Pastor Ephraim and I, we believed God for great things, and we wanted them done now. We didn't want to see God's great things in the future. We wanted to see it now. If he said it, he'll do it now. No, not true. God crockpots his people. He takes his time forming people. He has no problem making you wait 30 years so you can see something great in your life. Wasn't, uh, after all, Jesus prepared for 30 years to do a three-year ministry. David waited probably 20, 25 years from his anointing to the point where he was actually a king and doing great things. But God spoke to him. See, remember I told you that the prophet showed up? And the first thing that he had to deal with was delay. Because after all his brothers passed by Samuel, he looks at me and says, not here. Don't you have anybody else? He says, yeah, I have the runt of the litter in the back. He says, bring him here. Soon as he sees him, God says, that's the one. So he anoints him. Yea, you shall be the next king of Israel. And what happened? Dad sent him right back to shepherding sheep. Don't you hate that? The word of the Lord comes upon you. Yea, the Lord says that you're going to prophesy. You're going to preach. You're going to build a great ministry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now you're going to wait another 10 years. 
See, the prophets never tell you that. Now you're going you're gonna to have to deal with giants, and you're going to have to deal with different issues, and you're going to be disappointed, and you're going to have to uh, give your vision back to God. God never tells you that. He never tells you all that you have to go through in the process. But the first one is delay. David went back to shepherding, and for many, many years, nothing was spoken about him being a king. Certainly his dad. His dad didn't want to lose him because David was beneficial. He was the one taking care of the sheep. All right? He was useful for what? Uh, listen, go get your brothers uh, some uh, bread and cheese. That's what he was useful for. I mean, I, I mean I'm thinking, if I was David, I was saying, I'm the next king and I'm carrying cheese. <laughs> you know? So he, he goes to the battle and what happens? He, he, he sees this big, nasty uh, champion of the enemy and he says, what's going on? Needless to say, that anointing was in him already. And you know the story. But the first thing you'll have to do, uh, deal with is delay. Are you in process right now? Probably 99% of us are in process. Who arrived? I'm still in process. <laughs> I've been serving the Lord now. How, how long? What, 15, I'm 57, 25, 35, 45, 55. Is it? Oh my God, it's 42 years already. That is absolutely scary. <laughs> and I'm still in process. Talk about delay, right? <laughs> well, no. I've seen great things, uh, different evolutions of the phases of God in my life. In different times, I have different victories. And then from there, I, I go to a bigger victory and a vi- bigger victory. But each and every time, I have to deal with a different devil. I have to deal with a different Goliath. Each and every time, there's a level. For every level, there's a different devil. So I've had to deal with this delay issue many, many times. God spoke to us about this building back in 116th Street. How many years ago was that? 15, 20 years ago? Oh, there's a building for you. I remember these prophets kept on coming back and said, there's a building for you. And the last time she came, I said, I know there's a building. I just don't know the time. <laughs> and I said, okay, listen, stop talking about buildings. I know when God is ready, he'll give us a building. But today we're, we're living in that. And you know, it's amazing. You desire it so much for so many years that by the time it gets there, it's anticlimactic. You get there, you're like... So this was it, huh? (laughs) You don't know what to feel anymore. But that's good because throughout the process, you're learning how to trust God every step of the way. So the first thing is delay. Then the second thing is discouragement. Because, man, David was discouraged for many years. How many of you have ever been discouraged here? Anybody? Anybody? We're all discouraged. David had to experience that. He goes on the field, and he sees everybody on the side, and they're afraid. He's going, these are the warriors, and they're afraid? What are they afraid of? They were afraid, and they were discouraged because the enemy brought such an atmosphere that they were so fearful. If you read in the Message Bible, it says they were paralyzed. They couldn't move forward. Has anybody ever been paralyzed in their life when they can't move forward? And if you, oh my God, I can't do anything. That's one of the giants you have to experience. You'll be tempted to be paralyzed. Don't allow it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So what did David do when the enemy kept on talking every day? Well, guess what? He brought the word of the Lord. He said, you come against me with javelins. I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
So that's what we need to do. We need to take God's word, and first and foremost, we have to memorize God's word. It's not enough to just hear it on a Sunday. You have to memorize God's word for yourself. So when the enemy comes at you, the word of God will, the spirit of God will bring up the word that's in you, and you'll be able to share it and confess it, and you will nullify the plans of the enemy. The enemy cannot deal with the word of God. So the second thing was that discouragement was, it came on the scene, but what did David do? The Bible said he would encourage himself in the Lord. So say to your neighbor, it's time to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Was anybody encouraged when you were um, in the process of worship today? There's a real strong encouragement here today. I was there, I was playing bass, I felt like just putting the bass on the side and going in there. But I have to be disciplined to stay on that thing there. But yeah, I was so encouraged today uh, by worship and, and just, uh, uh, just, you know, doing that group thing with you, just being encouraged together. But you know, sometimes, uh, Tuesday, you don't show up when I'm going through a problem. You don't join me in my job. I don't understand why. You don't call me when I'm having a problem. You're not discerning enough to say, oh, oh, Pastor Victor's in trouble. Give him a buzz. And then I get even more upset because you're expecting me to call you all the time. <laughs> Sometimes you're just not going to get that call. So we need to encourage ourselves. I'm, I'm just trying to be truthful here today, that's all. Truth of the matter is, sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. And the, once again, the way you do that is bringing the word back up to you. And also, rehearse past victories that God has done for you. Remember the times that God delivered you in the past. Because, amen, amen. What did Pastor Ephraim say? If you're going to clap, clap good. Praise God. So let's give a good hand praise to the Lord. Yeah. Amen. So it's, it's very interesting because when we encourage ourselves in the Lord, David did that. He went up to the giant. You say this, but I say this back to you. So how many of you are speaking to your giants? How many of you are speaking into your situations? I speak the word of God. Even this morning, I was speaking the word of God to my situations, to my bucket list. And I have a lot of things I want from God. Praise God. The third thing was disapproval. Oh, man, how many times has that afflicted us? When people are not approving of us, when, uh, you know, they just don't care. You do your best. You work so hard. And eh. I remember one day years ago, I, I, I preached the message that for me was like a home run, a uh, grand slam kind of home run. I studied. I prepared. You know, when you hang around Pastor David, everything has to be A, B, C, sub A, sub B, sub C. So, you know, I said, I said I'm going to do one of those. And I, I studied for weeks, and I got this message, and I was so proud of it, and I preached it with all my heart. I mean, I was on fire and everything. And, 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 and for me, it was complicated because I had to study. I had to do a lot of research, and I put everything in there. I mean, the kitchen sink was in there, the bathroom sink, everything. It was all in there. And finally, you know what the re responses I got? Oh, Pastor, that was a good message. It was so simple to understand. You, you teach simple, you know. So, and and I'm, I'm going, 
Amen. Amen. That was hard for me. I thought it was kind of a complicated, you know, message. So I thought they were going to say to me, Pastor, wow, you've got some revelation there. Man, you, you got everything organized. Man, the thing was, oh, very simple. I like that. Very simple. So I said, you know, forget about it. I'm just going to be me and that's it. So ever since then, that's the way I've been. Just me. Praise God. But the point is, is I was tempted to feel disapproval. It wasn't enough. You know, and how many times has that happened to us? We do our best or, or we sing a song or we teach something or, or we give a testimony or in our job we try to do our best and there's disapproval. That's going to happen over and over again. You need to honor yourself. When you know you've done your best, that's it. You need, I know I did well and I know my God approves of what I've been doing. I prayed it. I worked it hard. So I know that my God is pleased. Say to your neighbor, I know... My God is pleased. See, so whether people are pleased or not, that's not important to me. In your life, in your ministry, in your job. I've come to the point where I recognize that I can only do my best. So there are times, uh, just last week, uh, we had an issue that was not my fault. I had nothing to do with it. And yet, the supervisor blamed me. I said, that shouldn't have been done. You shouldn't have done that. And I looked, I went, person could be my daughter talking to me that way. So in me, say, say in, me. in me, see, in me privately, I was telling her up and down, I said, you better respect me. I could be your father, right? That, but that was inside. Outside, I've learned enough not to do that. So outside, I went, I understand. We'll endeavor to do better next time. Later on, she came back and she apologized. She said, you know, it's not you. It's just that, you know, X and Y had happened. So I was at the right time, at the right place, or maybe the wrong time at the wrong place. But the truth of the matter is, I'm already at the point where I understand that sometimes you're going to get blamed for stuff that you really didn't do. You have to be at peace with yourself and know you've done your best and not allow people to take you out of your place of peace. Because if you're innocent and they take you out of your peace and then you start letting them you know, have it the way they deserve it, then later on they're going to say that you are troublemaker or you know you were responding wrong to supervisors right and then you get fired and you what in the world happened insubordination is the perfect word but insubordination i find is an excuse many times for supervisors to control you and as much as i hate that sometimes you have to know how to play the game so you know many times you just write it out you write out the wave you got to know how to ride this thing, baby. Because if you don't ride it right, you know, you're going to get... <laughs> but I've learned, bottom line is, sometimes you just have to ride this out. But you're going to deal with disapproval, but you have to be at peace within your heart. You have to respect yourself enough. You have to love yourself enough. Well, you can't love yourself. Yeah, the Bible says love God as you love yourself. Amen? You could love God, but you have to, if you don't love yourself, you're going to have problems. You're not going to be able to relate to other people. You're going to have issues relationally. You have to respect yourself enough. Say to your neighbor, respect yourself. Honor yourself. Appreciate yourself. Amen, amen, amen. You know, before I was saved, you know, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't this and that. But now that I'm saved, I'm a child of the king. So I have to walk around like a king's kid. I can't walk around like this anymore. I'm just a little worm. No, I'm a child of the king. So I walk with honor, with dignity. Amen. Praise God. I mean, you know, just because I dress like this doesn't mean I have it all together. You see, I have to have it together on the inside. 
People say, well, you look, you look dressed well. But when I'm dressing this way or, or with, um, I don't know, pajamas or something, I, I still know what I have within me, right? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So people, honor yourself. Respect each other. You know, but respect yourself. So that, you had to deal with that. And David had to deal with that. Because when he went to the place, he said, you know something? I could take that giant down. The king, the father, his brothers, all of them came against him. Every single one of them. What are you doing here? You're being mischievous, the brother said. The father said, just bring him, uh, bring him some cheese and come back home. The sheep. The king said, you're too young. You can't handle this. Uh, you're not prepared for war. I didn't train you. And David kept on insisting. He said, well, at least let me give you some armor because when that guy starts throwing javelins, you're going to need something to protect yourself. David said, you know, I don't need any of that. God trained me. I know exactly what to do. And that's exactly what was needed, an outsider, an outsider's opinion, an, outsider, an outsider's point of view because the warriors that were supposed to defeat Goliath were there cowering. But here comes this man with a perspective, a different type of perspective. And that's why it's important for us to have relationships. Because sometimes you don't have the answer, but your friend does. Sometimes you don't have the answer, but an outsider will come and give you a word. You go, oh, I never thought about it that way before. Right? So he, he comes in and he doesn't fight according to their norms. He doesn't fight according to their, their way of doing things. He says, this guy, he looks to me like he's slow. Right? So I'm going to have to handle him a different way because he's much taller than me, much, much stronger. If I jump on him, he's just going to throw me like a rag doll. So I have the perfect weapon. And in the old days, um, many of the soldiers, they knew how to throw javelins, spears. Some knew how to do bows, right? Bow and arrows. But others knew how to use slings. Some people think it's a slingshot. It's not a slingshot. It's a sling. It's a different. A slingshot will probably hurt you, but a sling could kill you. Because it was long, it had two ropes, and they would be able to uh, make it go around in circles real fast. Um, the pros were able to be very accurate to the point they could take a bird in mid-flight. They could make, make a, a bird go down in mid-flight. So David was one of them. He was trained in the sling. And that's how he used to protect himself and protect the sheep. Um, in many occasions, um, in the backside of the woods when nobody was watching. So he says, I have the perfect way because he's too slow. He'll never see it coming. So he studied him as he's walking around. And of course, this guy's continuing to talk. Blah, 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 blah. Talk, 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 talk. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to get you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to bring you down. You're nothing. You know, how dare they bring you over here? You, you shouldn't even be here. You know, you're not even worthy to be next to me. Come on, I'm going to destroy you. Shut up. Blah, blah, blah. So that's all David was hearing, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, he was, he was preparing. Looking around. And let me tell you, as soon as he left that thing, he knew exactly what he was going to do. It, some people say, oh, yeah, thank God. God, led, he led the stone by his spirit. He didn't lead the stone by his spirit. That was a trained warrior. And he did that exactly. He knew exactly where he was headed for. He knew exactly where he had to hit that man. You know why? The Bible said he had all types of armor. So if you just throw it haphazardly, it's going to... Ding, ding, ding. 
because he was totally covered. The only place that was not covered was this little area right over here. And they were saying, mm -hmm, I know exactly where I need to go with this thing. And when I shoot at this man, he's not going to know where. The, I'm going to have your head today. People are going to give glory to God today. You watch. You're going down, mister. You're going down to Chinatown. I'm sorry, I, I, I went movie on you. <laughs> that's, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, he, he, he strategized and he threw that first stone. Let me tell you, once that thing left that, before he had a chance to blink, that thing was already upside his head. Bam! He went down. That's it. He was out for the count. I don't know what killed him. Was it the sword? Because David came right after that and took care of him. Or was it that bullet? It was like a bullet. It was the equivalent with the speed that he was throwing it. And the, the, the engineers have been able to say it's an equivalent of a 45 caliber bullet. It probably got embedded. Dink. No, no. He went. He was out. So what I'm trying to say to you is David had weapons that he was already training in. So let me say to you, you already have weapons. You already have strategies, you have abilities, you have anointings, and you're not taking advantage of it. So it's time to dig deep, and it's time to seek God, because God wants to raise you up and do something mighty in and through you. The only thing, the enemy has been um, many times successful in putting us in a place where we're paralyzed. So when you're paralyzed, you're not knowing what you're doing. I remember when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I remember uh, in, the, in the 107th Street. Remember 107th Street between uh, Columbus and... Yeah, literally right by Booker T. Washington. Notice, we came from the same community. So there was a guy named Charlie Chopoff. Yeah, he laughed, right? We, we can laugh now. But he was a nut. He was taking kids and killing them. But it was horrible. So all us kids, I was like 12 or 13 years old, we're, we're afraid. So I remember I went to 107th Street, right across the street from Booker T. Washington, uh, uh, junior high school. And when I went to the third floor, I went to see my friend. Suddenly, I see a guy on top of the stairways, and he's fumbling with something in his hands. And as soon as I saw him, he saw me, and he went at me to, to grab me. And already, in my head, Charlie Chopoff. I'm thinking, you know, this, this, don't let nobody catch you. Don't let nobody touch you. And fortunately, as a child, I was very fast. Well, I literally, you know those stairways, those walk-ups, where it's like 15, 20 stairs for each, and you got to go like five stories? Well, I was like on the third one. So I went so fast, I didn't even walk this. I just threw myself down this. I missed a couple. <laughs> but I was so afraid, I was so paralyzed, that I ran a couple of blocks where my dad was. He was in a place where they would play dominoes. He loved dominoes. So I got there, and I'm like... <laughs> I couldn't talk. I couldn't say a word. I said, young man, open your mouth, talk. <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. I was so paralyzed. I was so afraid. And yeah, I look at it now, and I understand what was happening to that young kid. And it was devastating because of the condition of the community, because of the words he was hearing, the reports he was hearing. The fear for his very life. So th this type of paralysis is very dangerous. 
So we have to break out of that. Now, I had tools. What were my tools during that time? I, was, I had me some two good tools. Ooh, those things, I mean, they made smoke behind me. So I survived. I survived. I survived those days. Thank God for his presence, for his grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. But part of my tools was my ability to run and my ability to talk. There were times I could talk myself out of a battle. I remember two guys, no, a whole group, uh, a gang came up to me with a bat. They were ready to bat me and I just talked to them one or two seconds and they went, oh, okay, okay. And they just walked away. And I went, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember these things. So say to your neighbor, you have tools. Yes, we do. We have tools. Praise God. The last thing you have to deal with is doubt. That's, that's universal. We all have to deal with doubt. But let me affirm you today. You are powerful in God. Let me affirm you today. You can do more than you realize. When you ask God for something, he doesn't give you that. He gives you way beyond and above all that you're able to ask or think. So today, understand how powerful you are. Understand these giants will come to you, but you have to be ready. You have to be at the ready all the time. Every morning I wake up, I thank God for his goodness. I thank God for his word. I thank God because he's made me to be what? A king and priest. I thank God he's given me authority in my mouth, authority in my hands. He's given me a unique anointing, a unique ability. And I'm going to be the best I can be in industry, in ministry. I'm going to practice. I'm going to study. I'm going to get better constantly. In a couple of weeks, I'll be in another, uh, another seminar. Getting better, getting better, getting better. Say to your neighbor, getting better. getting better. We always have to be getting better. So the first thing we need to remember always in our life, every day, remember how God helped you in the past. First thing, always remember. David did it. He said, I remember when I was in the field, God protected me against the lion, against the bear, God always had my back. God was, he's always been with me. So say to your neighbor, he's always been with you. Praise God. The second thing, always remember the tools that he has given you. David had what? He had a sling. What do you have? There's something you have. And I always believe God doesn't just give you one thing. He always gives you a combination of things. What do you have in hand? What anointing, what ability You can't say, oh, I'm useless. I have nothing. Wrong. Wrong. There is no human being on earth that is useless. We decide to become useless. We decide to deny the world the grace gifts that are upon us. Hallelujah. The third thing, you just need to learn to ignore those that will come against your dreams. Those that will come against you. Those that would tend to want to bring you down. Say, ah, you're worthless. I remember years ago, I went for a job interview. And uh, I manage property. Uh, Esme knows this very well. You know, you know the industry. And there was this one guy that worked. Uh, he worked in a neighboring building. He, I just loved the way he worked. He's just a great resident manager. He was amazing. So in the interview, I went before the board of directors. I said, yeah, I'm going to be a resident manager just like my friend. He does this, this, and this. And he does this, 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 uh, this, this, and this. And I just really boasted on this guy. And, he, and I'm going to be just like him. This is the way I'm going to handle the building, just like he is. I didn't get the job. But watch this. Two years later, two years, say with me, two years later, two years later, I'm speaking with the manager of that very property. The person that they did hire left. 
So I, he said, I'm going to bring you back for another interview. But during those two years, I prepared myself. I studied. I studied all about plumbing, electrical, carpentry. I studied about management. In two years, in Spanish, we say, yo me empapé. I, I packed myself. I filled myself. Right? So this time, I went up. They asked me one question. Why should we hire you? And I just spoke for 15, 20 minutes. I said, this is the way I would handle it, from top down. And this is what I would do with staff. This is what I would do with this. And of course, we need that many certificates. I already have all my certifications. Look at my certifications. I just, masterful. I aced that thing. I'm not finished yet. Wait, that's not even the clincher. So they said, okay, fine. Um, when do you want to start working? So we got, I got the job. But I found out who was the one that worked before me. You know who they hired? My friend. I boasted so much about this guy because I didn't confide in my own abilities that they called him and they offered him the job. Jerry Quintana. I couldn't believe it. I called him up. No, not this Jerry. Another Jerry. Jerry Quintana. Um, all you Jerry's, man, you, you ace everything. Yeah. So... But, See, the reason why I came in there and boasted about him is I wasn't confident about myself. If I would have been confident about myself, I would have got the job. You know I know that? Because I did got the job later on when I became confident about myself. That's right. Well, God's speaking to somebody right now. All you need to do is be more confident in God and you. And the ability he's already given you. And you need to prepare. And you need to plan. The thing is, you can't leave. The, see, in the old days, I would hear preachers saying this. They would say, oh, you don't need to study. God will fill your mouth. Sir, that's out of context. He was talking about his disciples during that specific time when they would be brought before the Sanhedrin. He said to them, don't worry because I will give you a word for that time, that season. You don't take that word out of context and use it incorrectly just to be lazy. We have to work hard. And what I love about God is as you're studying to show yourself approved unto God. Amen. A workman that need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. When you prepare yourself properly, now God will work with you and through you. Some people, God's got to hide because they refuse to prepare themselves. My God, my God. Ignore the dream busters. And lastly, expect God to help us for his glory and the benefit of those you're ministering to. I, I love you. You preach part of my word. You see, you know, you're always expecting. You're always in faith. You're always believing. You did it before then. You're doing it now. And you'll continue to do it. Exactly right. David expected God to give him Goliath. Why do we know that? Because he said it. He said it while Goliath still had his head. He said, today you're going down. God's going to give me the victory. And this is exactly what I'm going to do to you. Pop, 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 pop. He laid it out before it ever happened. That's, right. That's what we have to do in life. We have to lay everything out. We have to write things down. Write the vision down. Make it plain. Write it on tablets. So whoever could read it could run with it. It's time, people, to, to take the visions of God, the dreams of God. That what God is showing you. Start writing it out. and Start declaring it to your, your, your situation, your circumstance. Declare it to your element. Declare it to your condition. Declare it to your problem. Declare it to your Goliath. Because he's coming down. His time is up. It's time to give God the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you.
for this transformation series. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you have been doing throughout the seven weeks. And thank you, Father, for this beautiful day, my Lord. Your presence is here. Your grace and favor is with us. Oh, we celebrate today. We, we celebrate you today. Your love for us. Your kindness. And Father, we celebrate each other. Because you've made us to be special, needed, necessary, vibrant, vital, my God. So I pray that you would even open up the eyes of our understanding. That we might see our Goliaths. And realize that they don't have it over us. They, they can't lord it over us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, Father, I will not boast on the enemy. I will boast in you. If I'm going through a situation, I already know I have the tools necessary. If somebody doesn't understand me, if somebody doesn't respect who I am, hey, I respect myself because I know you made me and you made me special. I remember one time I read, Lord, a little girl saying, God, don't make no junk. And I understood what she was saying. We're not junk. We're special. We're precious. Why would Jesus die on the cross for junk? You love us with a love I don't even comprehend. But I appreciate it. I thank you. And all the days of my life, I'll give you glory and thanks and praise for your love for me. And thank you for joining me with a big family. Because we are a big family. We're not just here in Soundview. We're also, Lord God, in New Jersey. We're also, Lord God, in, in upstate New York. We're in all of the United States. Lord, we're in China, Korea, South and North Korea. Father, we're in Africa and all the, the nations. and the uh, Oh, God, in Africa, in, 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 in Russia, Lord God, in Asia, Asia Minor. You're all over the world. And your people are all over the world. So today, thank you for giving me the privilege of being birthed into your family. I pray for your people right now that you grant them revelation knowledge, that they might see who they are in you, that they would no longer be tormented or paralyzed by any Goliath in their life, but that they might today, from today on, rise up above their situations and their circumstances and give you glory. Father, we thank you for it. We pray it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there where you're at, just say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you. For I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Now say that to your neighbor. You're more than a conqueror. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it to your neighbor. Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God.